You're listening to The Message from the Hillsborough United Methodist Church, our weekly sermon broadcast available for working around the home, your commute, or wherever God calls you to listen. You've probably heard this passage before where Jesus teaches the crowds and says, take up your cross and follow me. You've probably heard it, and if you're like me, you've probably wanted to like skip past that part to more of the happy parts. Really? It's a strange, funny moment in Scripture. We didn't read this. It's not assigned as part of the lectionary reading, but in the verses immediately before this, Jesus has gathered his disciples around him. They're on the way, uh, walking on the way to Caesarea Philippi, and he says to his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they say, oh, some people think that you're Elijah come back, and some people think that you're John the Baptist or one of the other prophets. And Jesus says to the disciples, yeah, but who do you say that I am? And in that moment, Peter says, you're the Messiah. He gets it right. Oh, Good old Peter finally gets the right answer. He says, you're the Messiah, the Son of God. And then Jesus says, look, okay, but don't tell me. Let's keep this, keep it on the down low. Don't spread this around yet. Because then he begins to teach them. That's where today's passage picks up. Then he begins to teach them that to be the Messiah means that you will be rejected by the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Basically, everyone in authority with power in their understanding of the world and of their faith. They will be, he will be rejected and killed. And Peter grabs Jesus and pulls him aside and says, look, I don't know what you're thinking and talking about here, but this is not how it's supposed to go. I don't think you have the slightest idea what it means to be Messiah because I know a little bit about being a Messiah. Oh, poor Peter. <laughs> it is so easy to pick on Peter, so let's do that. He's just gotten it right. He's just told Jesus. He's professed, you are the Messiah. And Jesus said, yes, and here's what it means. And immediately Peter grabs him, yanks him out of the group and says, you don't know what you're talking about. One might be tempted to question whether it's smart to mansplain being the Messiah to the actual Messiah. Except... I always feel better when I get to pick on Peter. Because I figure if Peter is always screwing up and getting things wrong, and I can point out how he's screwed up and get wrong, it elevates me a little bit. By the way, that's not really a good plan. To pick on other people who can't defend themselves to make yourself feel better, that's really not a faithful response. But Peter does sometimes exist to be a foil for Jesus. And in this case, it's exactly what happens. But I don't think Peter pulls Jesus aside and rebukes him about his teaching, about what it means to be Messiah, because he thinks he understands better than Jesus. I don't think that he believes, having just professed his friend to be the Messiah, that Jesus has it wrong. 
or that Peter understands scripture better than Jesus does or has some kind of divine authority that Jesus does not have. I don't think that that's what's motivating Peter. I think Peter is scared. Peter's scared for his friend. And I would suspect that Peter is scared for himself and the other disciples. Because he's lived in the Roman Empire his whole life. He sees how it is that people who are threats to power and authority are dealt with. And they don't just go after the one at the top of the heap. They grab all of those who are at the top, who are the leaders. So when Jesus says, this is what's going to happen to the Messiah, it puts Peter and the others who are followers and close friends of Jesus, who are his associates, who are part of his new kingdom that he's teaching about, it puts them at risk as well. I think Peter grabs Jesus and pulls him aside because he is frightened by what it means to be a disciple of this kind of Messiah. Several years ago, uh, in 20, I think it was 2017, four years ago, uh, my best friend John and I had a trip to Zion National Park. He'd wanted to go there his whole life. I said, let's go make it a week-long vacation. We went, uh, his brother and some nephews went with us. We had a lovely time. Lots of exploring, lots of enjoying that beautiful part of God's creation in Utah. And uh, the Red Rock Canyon is extraordinary. We were there at a time when there was, you know, snow and, and beautiful uh, sort of scenery all around, a little less crowded than it normally is. And uh, John said, as we got to the trip, he said, you know, I really think I want to go do the Angel's Landing hike. Angel's Landing is a really steep hike, and it gets to uh, sort of the edge of the canyon, and then there's this sort of long, narrow sort of ridge of rock, thousands of feet up from the valley floor, and you can hike out that ridge of rock to the very sort of peak. And it is uh, sheer drops on either side, and in many places it's only three or four feet wide. And John, my very best friend, is scared of heights. So for him to want to do this hike is, is extraordinary. And, and because I'm his best friend, I'm supposed to take care of it. And I, I, you go, I'm with you, man. I'm right there. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm here for you. Because I knew it was something he wanted to do. And I knew that he couldn't do it alone, that he wanted some company and support along the way. So off we went one morning, John and myself and uh, his nephew, Tom. And we made our way, and for a lot of the early hike, there's some beautiful views, and you're sort of walking along the edge of the canyon, but it feels pretty safe. And then you get to the part where you leave that place that feels so safe, and you walk along some very scary places. So off we went, and we got to a place where there was a, a wide open spot. You could sit and rest a while, and we did. And from there, you can also see where the trail goes, and it gets steeper and more precarious. And those steps that have been carved into the rock are covered in ice. And it's uh, really scary. But I knew that John had said he wanted to go as far as he possibly could. So, okay, 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 here we go. We're going to do this. All right, you ready? John, you know, if you want to keep going, I'm with you, man. And we talked about it a while. And finally, John said, you know, I just don't think I'm up to it. And secretly, in my head, I was thinking, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I 
did not want to go the rest of that way. But I was going to go if John did because I couldn't leave him alone. I'd committed to going with him as far as he wanted to go. So I was like, are you sure you don't want, you sure? I mean, because I'm, you know, you sure? You sure? Okay, well, I mean, hey, yeah, I think it's the right decision. (laughs) Sometimes we commit ourselves to an idea, to going with someone, to committing to a, a project. And we don't always know what's involved when we get there until we're in the middle of it. But with following Jesus, we sort of have an idea. We may not know exactly what we're going to encounter along the way, but Jesus says to the crowds after Peter tries to correct him and after he rejects Peter's rebuke, Jesus says to the crowds who are also following, if you want to be a follower, get ready to grab a cross. Don't worry about trying to save your life. Because in your struggle to save your own life, to protect yourself, you will lose the very thing you're hoping to hold on to. We may not know what it is that Jesus is going to lead us to, but he's not being secretive about the potential costs. Take up your cross, he says. That doesn't mean that each of us have to be a martyr in the same way that Jesus was, or in the same way that other faithful witnesses to the faith have been over the centuries. It does not mean that our only way to be faithful followers of Jesus is to die. But it does mean we have to be willing to live sacrificially. For most of us, There may not be a moment when our life is demanded of us because of our faith, but for every one of us, we will have to daily make sacrificial choices of how we live to be a faithful follower of Jesus. Once we commit ourselves to living in the way of Christ, we no longer are living only for ourselves. We are living for others. And we're not just living for our family or for our friends or the people we like and love, that we know that we are a part of our community. We are living for our enemies. We are living for those who reject us. We are living for the very people who will come after us because of who we profess to follow. Now look, it's not hard to be a follower of Jesus in this country. There are lots of people who will tell you that you get persecuted for being a Christian, but they're liars. And they are using that lie to solidify power for themselves. It's not hard to say I'm a Christian in this country. It is awfully hard to live sacrificially for others in this country. Most of us will never have a point in our life where where we're at risk of dying because of our faith. But every day we must be willing to die to our own ego, to our own self-satisfaction, to our own self-protection, to live as followers of Jesus. And that is hard. Jesus is very clear to those who are following. My way is simple. 
Love one another as I have loved you. But it's not easy. And in this season of Lent, we're reminded of that daily struggle to live faithfully as followers of the way of Jesus. I was in a conversation over the last couple of weeks with uh, another pastor. Not a Methodist pastor, not from Hillsborough. I'm going to keep this person anonymous. And in the conversation, this pastor talked about um, how great it was that his congregation was able to get back together in person for worship. And we were actually reading this passage of Scripture together and, and doing some study together on it. And he talked about how fabulous it was that, that people weren't in his congregation weren't afraid of a virus. They were willing to get together. Wow. He and I have, uh, see, I wasn't going to identify, but it shouldn't be surprising that it's a he. He and I have very different ideas of what faithfulness means. For him, it was important that people gather for worship and see each other in person, as though somehow what happens when you're not in person is less than. For our congregation, for so many of you, I've appreciated the way that you have taken up the challenge of this last year. You have been willing to learn new things, to give up something that you find comforting and familiar in order to keep one another in our community safe. In this case, it's not that we, put our we don't want to put our lives at risk by gathering. We want to make sure that we are giving up what we find to be comforting and familiar so that we don't put others at risk. The cross that we take up is not a willingness to be infected by a virus that is deadly. It is our willingness to let go of the thing that we love so much, gathering in worship, so that we can take care of our community. This is how we take up our cross each day. This is one way. Faithful living means letting go of our own ego, letting go of our own self-interest. It's simple to live for others, but it's not easy. But here's the good news. When we live faithfully by putting others first, by loving our enemies, by caring for those who reject us, by giving sacrificially, by living with, uh, for others, we don't lose our life. We find it. We find the very thing that we let go of because we find the true life that Christ calls us to. To live in love for all of God's people and all of God's creation. And that, brothers and sisters, is the good news this day. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Hillsborough United Methodist Church. Our senior pastor is Clay Andrew. Our pastor for Las Naciones Hispanic Ministries is Jorge Rodriguez. Our media ministers are Kevin Proctor, Janica Stewart, 
Perry Hume, Al Dietrich, Christy Proctor, and Dave Rose. Presently, our live stream of services are available at 10 a.m. on the Hillsborough United Methodist Church YouTube page. You can find out more, like us on Facebook, or subscribe to our YouTube at hillsboroughumc.org. Thank you.